You're listening to Force Fed Digital. BXU Heard. What's good? It's your boy Kingsbridge Rich, and here goes another episode of My Bronx Story, the podcast, episode six. Today, we're going to delve into one of my monikers. It is the cameraman. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But first, before we get into that, um, I want to thank you for all the support. It's been dope because lately I've been bumping into people in the hood. And I'm not used to that unless I got a problem with you. You went to school with me or we work together or we're family or something along those lines. But now for the very first time, Kingsbridge Rich is showing up in places and people are like, excuse me, are you, you happen to be Kingsbridge Rich? So I got a little gas in the head, but for those who are supporting and showing love, I really appreciate it. That's pretty dope. But um, yeah, I'm not used to it. But if you do see me and it's all love, you know, um, I don't bite unless I need to. Ha ha ha. Nah. Um, nah, it's all good. Like, you know, just like a homie did, uh, I was on Fordham Road the other day, Bank of America. And homie just saw me. He was like, excuse me, you happen to be... When he said that, I already know where he was going. So I kind of finished. I was like, King's Rich, yeah. Yeah. TikTok, yeah. He was like, yo, I love your videos. And we talked. And then the same thing happened later on in the day on Kingsbridge. I saw a dude. He was like, yo, I rock with the podcast. That was pretty dope. So guys, um, so anyway, you know, I'm, I'm getting mad love from people. And that's pretty dope. And um, I appreciate that. And a lot of that goes hand in hand with what the subject is today about me being the cameraman. So we're going to dive into that. But um, in terms of like social media, for those who are rocking with me, you can find me on Kingsbridge underscore Rich on IG. You can find the My Bronx Story page on IG as well. And follow me on TikTok as well. So I'm on TikTok as Kingsbridge Rich. So... It's a, it's a little funny, but thank you. Uh, again, much love to all my um, followers, whether you're following me from TikTok or IG. Facebook, I don't know. Like, we were just talking about that, right? Like, who's still on Facebook? Like, what's, what's happening on Facebook? Right? Articles. Articles. Right? Articles and, like, the older, older friends. The ones that don't want to do nothing new. Mom and dad. I'm not even showing. <laughs> not even. My, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, it's funny because like I have everything set up on IG to push over to Facebook. You delete it. And then I delete it. <laughs> I got a theory on that though. And it's crazy because like I'm talking about support, I'm talking about people showing me love, and I'm talking about strangers. And a theory is that almost like, and I'm going to paraphrase a biblical term, you know, something I, I saw from a scripture once upon a time in another episode of information I'll share, right? <laughs> But, like, it's almost like a prophet is not welcome in his own home. Mm-hmm. And I think Facebook to be like that. And not to slam people, but what happens, I think, is that when people know you enough, they still remember their limitations on you. Mm-hmm. They remember the person that they created of you, the expectations. The, the, they have an image of you. And so here you go venturing out trying to do a new thing, and it's kind of hard for the people who kind of seen you fall before or see you in a certain light to believe it. But, I mean, what's the faith of a person that don't really know you, right? That they just like, okay, I guess you're going to do it. And I kind of like how you sound right now at this moment, so I'm going to rock with you. So, again, for those people who've been rocking with me, rocking on the socials and connecting with me, that really means a lot because you don't have to. 
you know, you're not a person that's seen me for a while and say, you know what, I'm gonna show support because I should. These are people that are stopping me as strangers and, and I reciprocate. I see them. Yo, what's your account? Because it'd be hard for me to follow up. And then I follow back and I see, you know, what they're up to and stuff like that. And it's a real genuine connection. So I wasn't only starstruck. It's pretty dope <laughs> to connect. And like, you know, I, I got people who I've been meeting who are strangers that'll be like, yo, I rock with your stuff. It's pretty yeah. cool. Um, I felt when you said this and that. And I do got some people who I know, of course, too, like who supported, you know, old friends or whatever. But again, a prophet is not welcome in his own home. And I think that it could be a crutch. And if you let that hit you, then you're not going to get anywhere. If you're just, you know, expecting all the criticism from the people who you know, that's going to be a jail in itself. So I'm not trying to do that. I got my love for those strangers. You don't know me. You see me in the street. Just come correct, whatever. And I'm going to show love. And I've been doing that. And it's even weird saying that. So I'm going to move off of that already. But yeah, catch me on the socials and stuff like that. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another My Bronx Story podcast episode with me, your host, Kingsbridge Rich. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into the archives. Uh, today, I'm going to conjure up one of those aliases of mine again, aka the cameraman. Um, I'm going to walk us through the inspiration, being my father, and how I carried on the tradition to the point of documenting life and now sharing these nostalgic moments with you all on Instagram and, you know, even storytelling, basically, the, the podcast and everything. So there's a whole history behind that, and I want to kind of walk us through this because the history is not only personal between how my family and where I got it from, but the, the technology, how the technology advanced during the times and what that meant. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and stuff like that. But um, pretty much where it starts off, when you look back, my story starts off in the 80s because that's when my father was documenting my life. And I was growing up. I was born in 1979. So, you know, a year into it or whatever. And not that I can recall these, but I have a tremendous amount of footage. As if you follow me on IG, you see a lot of old school videos that I put up. I got pictures. I got videos that go as far back as the 60s because my father was really big on that. And so his journey through technology on where like we had cameras that were dedicated before. Nowadays is different. We have phones, it's integrated systems, the systems that all work together. You can edit, do all kinds of things. But back then the commitment that was there for you to take one big suitcase type of, you know, setup to come pull out a camera that's gonna go over shoulder is a big deal. It's a big type of commitment. But my father was on that time. And because of that, I got to document a lot of things from the form of pictures, from the form of videos. It was pretty cool. But again, going back into the whole idea that this was a big commitment, you got to think about it, right? My father was a flashy dude. I've said that in the past. You could see the chocolate brother with his afro and his stylish frame and clothing. If you catch the IG, like I told you guys to do, but peep it there. You see the brother. He's a smooth dude, right? But along with that, like, he was a flashy dude. Uh, he hustled. Um, you know, he was about dressing up and, and being, he was really charismatic. But he was in the image. You know, he, he, he had an image to him and stuff. Um, I have a video I can share with you guys, but I'll spare you the conceit. Because literally, I can just, you, you'll get the image in about, like, 30 seconds. But my father, I have a clip of my father that is about 10 minutes long. And all it is is my father sitting on a couch in front of his stereo system that's all decked out, reading a newspaper. Who knows if he was really reading it? And uh, to, to say the level of conceit that he had, uh, he 
must have propped this whole big thing up because this is not a phone that you're putting on the edge of a cup to record. This is a this is an entire production going on to catch you on your rocking chair or a recliner rather and record a temp. But I got it, and it's funny because these meaningful, meaningless, and pointless videos at some time in the future when someone passes away, when something big happens, become milestones, become things that we wish that we had. But fast forward to now, we have so much footage in abundance that we're just clearing out for space and stuff. But my father, to paint the picture of him being flashy, and he was into his gadgets too, because what came along with all that was the money. So when he came to this country, he did, I have footage of my father riding bike in the 60s in Manhattan. And you can see, and it's dope because in the background, you're, you're seeing the people dressed up, all dressed up. You know, back then it wasn't like jeans or anything like that. Like, yeah. even as a kid, you were dressed up smooth, like really papi shampoo. So my father is with his friends and he's riding an old style bike in the middle of the street. I'm gonna post that video up. Yeah, he's making circles <laughs> in the intersection. And you're seeing these, these cars in the back from the 60s as well. And that's probably the oldest footage that I have of my father. And I have tons of footage that I've inherited over the years. So it's no coincidence that I went off to document so much as I have done. And it's it's a blessing, but it's also a curse, which I'm going to get into some of the stories of where it was dope. As you can see, you go to my IG, you check all this footage. People are always, I get so much love. I get thousands of views across. I, I have videos and, and these stories that I share that gets up to millions of views which is pretty across the platforms, you know, but it's pretty cool because like I document things and, and I, I kind of highlight some of the dope things about it, but some of the bad things about it too that come along with it. But as for my father, he was about his, you know, he's an immigrant coming to this country. He's very proud of the things that he is uh, getting into. It's an exciting time. A camera had always been in his life or whatever, but um, the footage that like my father had between the 60s, 70s, 80s, Things kind of changed a little bit too. In my recollection, I have to refer to the 80s. And when I look in the big bag of pictures, like my father was flashy. And like, it's no coincidence, I guess he got locked up because like, like homie just had a bunch of videos of the cars. <laughs> he, there's a picture I got covered in money and naked as a kid. A little, I'm a little boy and I just covered with money. You know what I mean? It's no coincidence. Again, like I said, he got locked up. I gotta, yeah, I gotta get, yeah. And I, I would, I would, I would censor the pee pee part or whatever, Aww. like you know. But nonetheless, like you know, it was a big deal, documented moments. Yeah. And I inherited bags of pictures, and there's tons of more footage and, and um, pictures that I unfortunately don't have. But what's been in my possession, I've been able to post and document. And although it's my family. The times are something that resonate with people. People love to see it. And so I continue to do that. And it serves such a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I take I take um I take pride in being the cameraman. And the times have changed or whatever, but let's let's kind of you know continue to the story because when it comes to my dad also with the camera, like he's recording all the file and wild stuff that he's doing. <laughs> he's also recording his kid, you know, I'm his firstborn son, my younger brother. He's recording my sisters. I have like modeling shows of my older sisters uh, from the 80s online. I got them being recorded by Spanish TV stations. I, I have videos of my father buying properties in, in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. I got video of my mom getting married to him. Because back then when you recorded on those big dedicated cameras, mm -hmm. like not everybody and their mother had a device to record off of. <laughs> 
So like what it was graduations, mm -hmm. right? Uh, baby showers, yeah. communions, mm -hmm. weddings. Birthday parties, the milestone birthday parties. Birthday parties, the milestone events. Oh, you know how us Latinos get down? We have a few funerals in there too because we wicked like that. Mm -hmm. right? I don't know why. It's a kind of tasteless, <laughs> I think. But like we'd have that too. But point is like at any given time, let's say a graduation, for example, you have 200 people there. It's not that you have 50 cameras. It's not that you have 20 cameras. They might be in a population of that amount about three cameras. And each person takes his position. You're going to be in the middle aisle. So since I saw this dude posted up on the left aisle, I'm going to take the right aisle. But point is, it's not like today where you're in an event and you see a bunch of cameras turn on. And now your footage is footage that has a bunch of people taking footage and whatever you're recording, unless you're zooming up, unless you got a good vantage point. So this is just to kind of paint a picture of how it was because we didn't have integrated systems back then. You didn't have music. You didn't have editing software either. So here's the other thing. Like my father was really into editing. He would he would um, superimpose music on the images. He'd put the text on it. And some cameras were equipped that you can put the text right there from the camera. But there was other times that you had to just do editing software. Then you contrast that to the times now. Like what we have at our disposal is, is so convenient. But the commitment that you had to do back in the days, you had to be super dedicated to it. You had to, um, you know, even to the point of like post-production, I, I want to call it, you recorded it, but still, did it come on a mini v, uh, VHS? Did it come on one of the larger VHSs? Were you using an adapter, using two VCRs? My father had a whole hookup. So I learned how to utilize these things as a kid because I would watch my father do it. And it was dope because our moments would have like, freestyle music in the back the music i listen to now is a breakdancer yeah. you know what i mean like or whatever um but like the nostalgia that was all wrapped up you got the imagery my father really made it a production and so i tried my best and what's it done for me now i got a you know i got a decent following on tiktok and i posted those and i think one of the things that had launched my page and the amount of followers i had was sharing these videos because it's authentic it's real life, raw situations or whatever. But the footage was important to my father. He um, he was a person of like stature, you know, status and stuff. And so he wanted to document his things, the money, the cars, the family moments, which was good and wholesome, of course. So we took trips. And if it wasn't that, it was him taking pictures of himself with a camera. <laughs> You know, yeah, because it's not like now that you can just swing a selfie on yourself. You know what I mean? So, you know, my father was really into that stuff or whatever. But like with graduations and stuff, again, if it wasn't that you was recording because you had access to a camera, because not everybody was spending bread on the camera either. Mm -hmm. Like it was that or you was just remembering shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or you were just like telling a person how it went down mm -hmm. visually. Yeah. So. This is what it was in the 80s. Like, not everybody had one. And it was customary to see the person who was recording exchange numbers and be like, hey, how can I get my footage? And somebody made a little bread, you know, and it was all dope or whatever, not like now. But again, the mother effer wanted to get arrested, I guess. You know, the family footage is one thing aside, but I think things can get a little sloppy when you start recording all your gadgets, all your, you know, everything that you're throwing bread on or whatever like that. But um, with my father, with me inheriting my father's stuff, I did get a sense of taking this footage and um, seeing the importance of it. Because at the moment, what I thought was just, you know, just my father sitting on a couch. You know, I have what I consider the first TikTok video ever, 
from 1983 or 84. It was on Halloween. Well, my father did like a something that would be relevant to a tick, uh, similar to a TikTok. And to have that, you know, he didn't, th this was just for his own personal. This wasn't something that was supposed to be public. And again, this is kind of me building up because, you know, I had my involvement in, in recording and, and, you know, doing the things I did and capturing what I cap captured. But, you know, my father, pretty much when it comes to videos, what you think of, like, then the moments, the milestones and all of that and the lifestyle, what you're living, doing, you know, again, like, you know, my father with the properties and, and, you know, his toys and what he was doing or whatever, like, you know, but when it came to like raw videos, like this, this is not my reflection. This is where my mind goes to, right? When you think about TV, like we came up with TV and the type of TV that you had, I can kind of break it into two characters, right? You had reality and you had scripted. Now, bear with me for a moment because, like, what's new to us now is that we have social media. We can connect with real-life people. We see what real people are doing and what they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. But where else did we get a chance to see what real people, not what was inspired and scripted, right? We had shows like Cops. We had the news. Yeah. We had talk shows What Ricky Lake, Arsenio Hall. Um, you know, the Spanish Channel ones, you know what I mean? Like, this was our first time glimpses hearing people's personal stories. And it's crazy because we know that some of those were even scripted too. Mm -hmm. But that's to show you how interesting real life was. So when I look back at what was just meaningless clips, things that were just my father casually spending 10 minutes recording himself on the couch. When my father takes a song, puts it on the background, and then mouths the words to it as a quick, you know, 15, 20 second bit that tells a story that's 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 the that's the the foundation of TikTok right there you know because there's such an appeal to what we do in the raw and in, in, in the unscripted and look at what it paved the way for then we started having reality tv right so look at the progression of tv where things were real like you have the news talking about what's really happening in the world you have, you know, certain channels that will highlight, you know, nature and certain real things. That's the only thing we have with reality. Then fast forward, we have like, you know, MTVs and what we call reality shows, the Kim Kardashians. Or we have the websites that are based on reality. We got the world stars. Like people used to tell me I was world star before world star. Because now there was a point in the progression of all this, the reality, the world of reality, where things hit the Internet. And we had shock videos, we had websites that hosted graphic videos that wouldn't make it to television, that wouldn't make it to the networks. And along those lines would be the kind of things that I record. The things that, you know, I do have wholesome videos, but in my time recording, taking on the legacy, pulling the baton from my dad, I got a chance to witness a lot of raw, rugged, real things that wouldn't make it to network. And then when you think about, again, currently where we are, where we have like IG and TikTok and a lot of the shock that you get from these platforms, it's been such a, a, a ride. And so, again, these are my early um, inspirations to it. But that's kind of where I think the whole idea of reality, because then now move it over. That's reality television. Then you have scripted television and the scripted television is pretty much the shows that are written along the life, 
you know, it's inspired by life. So it was like life is art and they're going ahead and they're taking themes, you know? So if there's a hot topic in the world, if there's something that the news, the media outlets are trying to push an agenda, it could be sexuality, it could be, you know, anything that has to do with morality or anything, any subject, science, health, whatever it is that's a part of the agenda, you can now utilize the scripted form yeah. by having actors. And then you kind of taking a truth you know, taking a theme and then kind of putting a storyline behind it. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, these are real topics that we may face. Like, we may find a show that we resonate with. Like, we got the Cosbys. You understand? For me, I grew up on Wonder Years. And it's no coincidence that, like, I go ahead and I reflect so much. And I think some of the shows that I watched got to kind of fuel my eye behind the camera, my eye be, be behind capturing reality as it happens because here goes the narration in the show where this kid as a 13 year old as every stage that i was living he was expressing his feelings and it's in a scripted environment but whenever and wherever i can relate to one of the stories i pull it back that's what that that's that's in the world of scripted the cosby's mm -hmm. and i'm kind of looking at it on a social level right i look at the fact that many of our homes are fatherless or single mother homes, but we have a show to our benefit that may have a father figure. That might be the only father figure that I can relate to, where he comes home, because I might in my own home not have a father figure, but I could watch, watch the Huxtables on the Cosby, right, and see Cosby and how he interacts with his kid, how he's stern, and I might not feel that, but then at the end I see why it made sense, because homie got tripped up in the episode, and then every week I get a chance to see another episode. So all in all, like media, our eyes and what we absorb, it's a huge deal. But when it's raw and it's not scripted, it's just something potent about that. So I've gotten a lot of success in taking my videos, putting it out there. And, um, and you know, again, like it's, it's dope because I get a lot of views. But some of this was just casually walking up the block. Mm -hmm. And you might see a bodega outfitted a certain way that the aesthetic of the 90s is there and it's dope because that's what you're looking for. And that might be your appeal. And through my videos, you get that. You may like the way the police cars in 1996, you know, like the, the Luminas and all of that, you know, rolling through the block, you know, or, or in the early 2000s, the Ford, you know, um, the Ford Tauruses and stuff mm -hmm. at different stages, you know, which vehicles, whatever. Like these are the things that we capture in time where it's not the highlight or the main part of the clip but there's so many elements to the clip the clips that make it work and so you know this is me the cameraman realizing these things because i've had my dose of what my father has left me i got a chance to witness this you know as a kid knowing that like there's a function and everybody's getting a vcr oh we're gonna put this this so i saw how important it was and it became important to me and so fast forward there's a point now in my upbringing where now it's like Oh, I'm thrilled to go ahead and obtain a camera. And of course, in the hood, like we got most of our electronics where you got it through. Crackheads often. In this case, you know, we you get you buy things hot. And the camera's one of those you buy it hot. You might get a little uh, a cassette in there that came along with it with somebody's graduation or whatever like that because it, it originally belonged to somebody else. But that's how it was for me. And I took the baton from there. And it was exciting because I already got a glimpse into what, like, how, what it meant for people 
in my own family. But now I had a chance, like I, I yielded a certain power because I had a camera. And there's two types of people that you see, right? When it comes to the cameras, right? I'm gonna bust it down for you, right? So like the two kind of peoples, right? You got people who wanna feel like a star when the camera's on them. I wanna paint the picture because this is about 1996. 96 into 97, I'm between the ages of 16, 17. We got ourselves a hot camera. Had a hot TV, hot VCR, hot gaming. So everything was hot in the hood. Everything we had was hot. But here we go. There's something familiar. You get a camera. You show up on the block. And this is, I, we have to kind of take away some of what's normal in current day. If I had the camera, I was the only person recording anything that happened that day. Nobody's outside living for the camera. Everybody's outside living for the moment mm -hmm. currently because we're not at the hip with a device that's recording. So here I go. I got a hot video camera. I got a book bag. I got battery packs in there. I got tapes. And little by little, I start creeping up. I'm recording this. Yo, let me say that. Let me lean the camera on the car. And the type A people, and you know, like I said, to me, I've encountered two kind of people when it came to, two kind of things when it came to like the recording. The superstars, people that just want to be recorded. And it's not easy for you to just have your own camera, turn it to you and get a good angle like you would in a selfie. Mm -hmm. So you needed a cameraman. I'm a young dude in a block with a bunch of people who's trying to be fly, with a bunch of people who want to tell a story, want to capture a moment, drinking, puffing, doing things with girls or whatever. Um, but these are the stars. And a lot of, and in a lot of cases, these were the OGs. And like, it was crazy because for me, I'm 17 years old. Like what other common, I'm still innocent at this point. This is like pre me getting cut. But like, I got a camera in my innocence in this time. Like I had already, I got into some mixes before, but I was chilling out. In my chilling out phase, I got kids I got these older cats, like they see me as a kid on the block with a camera. Yo, yo, cameraman. This is before they know what my name is. Like I was called cameraman for a little bit by the older dudes. The younger dudes knew my name, but older dudes is like, yo, come over here, what you doing? Now I'm in cars. <laughs> I'm in cars with OGs. Now I'm in bar, like they got businesses over here across the concourse. I'm in barber shops. You can catch the IG and catch those little clips. Any clip you see me in a barber shop and I'm drinking, I was only like 17 there. But it was like, yo, and, and these is like some Puerto Ricans and Dominicans, you know what I mean? Like older cats. And, and they're here calling me over like, yo, if I'm posted up on the block with the camera and they driving, they would stop for me. They, they would just pull me up. Yo, we're going here. They, they smoke, they smoke. I wasn't into that. I was drinking for the first time heavy with these dudes. Like these dudes was turning me out. And it's really because I had the camera and they were hype over that because like, now I'm on the angle. They're getting to see themselves at an angle. They're hype. They're making money. Bro, I'm, I'm in I'm in Acuras. I'm in, you know, Thunderbird cars. I'm in all kind of cars coming through with OGs that are like six years, seven years older than me. Not knowing their lifestyle either. You know, I, I had shared a story on IG about one of my OGs that he had this something file and he had asked me and my man to go help him move. And we'll post it on the block. Like, all right, we ain't doing nothing. Long story short, we end up on the block. We're helping him move. And another dude pops up. He was looking for him. He had found out that Duke was trying to move things quick and use our help to get out. 
So here we go, younger. So we in the U-Haul chilling. And for a long time, we don't see my boy. But we see another dude that pulls up. We don't know who he is. Big dude, Brolic. And he's tight. He had just like slammed the door or something like that. So he's on some rah-rah. He's looking for homie. Homie comes downstairs. And this is why they say don't meet your heroes. Homie comes downstairs. He done had his, his chain snatched. They done yapped him in the face. I didn't even know. Me and my man was downstairs innocently chilling as young cats. Dude was upstairs tied up to a chair. <laughs> and, has, and, and, and ran to the store, locked it. He didn't even check in with the little homies. Like, we was sitting on the edge of the U-Haul like, all right, cool. I don't know what stopped everything, but it's hot as hell, so let's just post up. Dude ran in the store, caught the police. Police showed up. I'm bugging because I know dude in a whole different light. This is new to me. I'm looking at dude like... These are my OGs. But, um, you know, these are the people who want to be a star on the camera. You know what I mean? The people who want to, like, you know, be flashy. And I was the cameraman, so I had access to all that. They was taking me to beaches. They, yo, girls, that's a whole se There's a whole section of, like, as a 17-year-old boy, you understand? Like, you, you, you can get a little excited knowing that you, you're seeing the revelation of skin and whatever. You know what I mean? On camera. But like that started coming with its consequences, too. So like I had the good thing that I met the OGs and, and stuff. But behind all that, I didn't even know their lifestyle yet. But it was becoming evident little by little because I'm in cars going to the Heights. They buying two, three hundred dollars worth of butt. I'm in the I'm, I end up in Queens with them. I'm, go, I'm shooting over. I'm all day. I'm gone. <laughs> All day, I get a job in the. I get a job in there helping the tattoo artist sketch out, cleaning up hair in the barbershop because it was a barbershop slash tattoo shop. Like that's how much I'm with them. They even gave me a little job, job or whatever, chilling with the OGs and they drink. Yo, the girls, these dudes are all seven, eight years on me, and they'll come to the block with girl because you know they were doing their thing again, unbeknownst to me because I'm just having a good time, and these dudes is bringing a bunch of girls. I'm in an apartment at 17 mm -hmm. with, like, I'm waking up because we was all drinking the night before and this girl's scattered around naked, chest showing, and I'm bugging. I'm still a virgin. <laughs> a virgin? I'm, I'm saying, yeah. I'm still a virgin. Hey, yo, look at how much of, yo, so much cap. Look at look at what I do, right? I'm admitting it for the first time, so if the homies are hearing it. I'm sorry I lied about this, but I was young. Yo. They paired me up with a shorty that was 27. I was 17, so yeah, she had 10 years of me, and she had kids already. I knew that much. And I was sitting up with shorty. I was in the elevator. I went in the crib and seeing these dudes. Everybody was fondling somebody. And I'm with the girl. I'm fondling her, whatever, but we was mad drunk. When she fell asleep, I was cool. I'm just going to cuddle next to her. I woke up in the morning. I left. Yo, when I went to get my next cut at the barbershop, oh, my God, everybody's, yo, little rich. He was in the crib with shorty. Is that... And I ain't correct nobody. Damn, there was no camera for that? I ain't correct nobody. Nah, I ain't throw the camera on for that. Damn. A lot of times the camera, because again, like, you know, like the, the way you have to plug in or whatever, and I was always like outside, unless I had an opportunity to really plug in. But like, I, I would have a spare battery if I was lucky. But there was a lot of times I was on the red light where I couldn't record. But I definitely ain't record that. But I, I'll get to where there's other issues. But y'all lied my way through. I never see Shorty again. I was scared. You know what I mean? I don't know. I got nervous. I chickened out. But dudes was like, yo. And this is where I almost got tripped up because I remember they were like, yo, little Richie was there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm. I, I wasn't saying like any words, but I was kind of like co-signing them with like a head nod. Like, ah. 
like whatever. I was, yo, you had a condom on you? I was like, I didn't even know how much to lie no more. I was like, like everything was a lie with gestures or whatever. But again, like this is me chilling with the homies, the OGs. And people start peeping that too, because everybody knows who do this. And so I got a chance through through that and other things to meet a lot of people who was people I probably normally wasn't gonna meet. People in the hood that was also doing bigger things and catch the drama and all that too. Because out of these OGs, like there's other stories which of course I have other episodes to cover because there'll be a theme behind that. But a lot of the things that happened because of the OGs that I met, that I was introduced to, because now whatever wave that they're operating on, right? I got a glimpse of it because I got a camera, but I'm hearing things more than like what I'm like. These are things that I'm not dealing with with my peers, like the kids of my age. Mm. And then all that goes out the window once I get cut in the face, because now I'm like, okay, cool, I'm advanced now. Like, I'm thinking different. I'm, I'm, I started spitting blades out my mouth. You know what I mean? Uh, linking up with different people. Like, it was a whole different movement coming through, or whatever. But you know, the OGs held me down, and and that was my appeal with them. The camera that kind of like opened the door. And then my character and, you know, people took a liking to me. And before, you know, and I was never on some doja, like, you know, oh, run the store, get me this. But, like, you know, like, I had built up a repertoire and trust with some of these dudes. Like, it was to the point that, like, some of these dudes was, like, if they had a spot, whatever, and they needed to get a chain pawn for re-up or whatever reason they needed, they throw me a $10,000 chain. Yo, go, go over here and see homie at this uh, pawn shop to bring me this and that. I'm I'm on dudes' motorcycles, taking them to the garage, you know, you know. I just and this is all kind of stemming from like what well, opened the door of me recording to kind of being with certain people that like if I'm with them then I'm cool, like you know what I mean. And and this is me young, like to the regular eye, I could have been somebody's little brother, I could have been, but I was there. And this is me, little old me. You understand? This is me now. I'm a little dude. You know what I mean? Back then, you can imagine, long hair flowing, chilling, young as hell in cars with these dudes being dropped off here, dropped off at the corner, whatever, with a camera. I got trips to beaches. I got all kind of things. I got, and unfortunately, like, even along the way, I've long, I lost a lot of footage. But as the cameraman, like, I documented things also that I would have not wanted to document. Mm -hmm. And so here's a few examples of that, because that's, like, the cool side that you got to meet. But I kind of moved into a world with the cameras that I wasn't prepared for either. Without saying names, it was one of my dudes on the block. Now, homie's not like a doja, but he's one of the types of dudes, like, if it's exciting, he's going to do it. He might not make good decisions. These decisions might be things that happen because he's just, like, fast thinking. And he's like, you know what? Are people going to laugh about this? Let me do it. And in this one instance with this one individual, I remember I was on the block. People know you got a camera and they want to be a star. That's all you need. So I should have asked him some more questions, but this is what he says. Yo, Rich, come to the crib because my shorty's going to be over. I'm going to record. So I'm thinking to myself, bet, I'm going to go to the crib. He's telling me where to put it, the camera, which is it's still lined up with the bed. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you know, but then he starts telling me kind of like put it here. And that's when I start realizing I think this is like he's trying to hide it. But I'm not going to be there anyway. And you're using my camera. So, you know what I mean? Again, it's not like everybody now got a phone. You could do your own recording. You got to hide. And hiding hiding a bulky camera is <laughs> Like, this is not... I started off talking about the bulkiness of an 80s camera. Yeah. These are about, like, 
a quarter of the size of those, but they're still not cell phones. So it's a whole operation to go stash one of these. And I know from firsthand stashing, making sure that the light is covered so they don't see a blinking light or a steady light. Going into the settings to do this, like this thing started getting to a, yo, bro, what we really doing here? But I wasn't going to press you either. We got the joint set up in front of the bed. And without having to go into details, homie was doing this thing with Shorty, right? The whole video. I come back at a time to get my camera back, but before I make it home or whatever, on the little bit amount of battery I got left, I'm already on the block showing the whole block the video. Because homie's telling me, yo, let me see it again. Let me see. Ah. And one person come, two people. Because it's a big thing. Like right now, a circle of people standing up with a camera is one thing. Right? With their phones is one thing. But when you got, when you tucked into a, you know, you on a stoop and you opening up the viewfinder of a camera, you got the screen and you're reviewing the camera, people are just going to gravitate towards you. Which will happen. Again, this is where I, I got into a lot of the things on, on a negative side. And look at where that ended up. So enough people on the block saw this video before I even made it home. But everybody knows I'm the guy with the camera. I wasn't there for this. But now Shorty finds out that she was recorded. And then Shorty calls, I believe it was some Latin Kings that she was related to or, or she had a boyfriend. I don't know if she was cheating on her man in the hood with my man or whatever. But they come to the block. And now everybody, it's a bunch of, you know, it's a few people, you know, popping off and they get at my man and they even stab them in the leg. I wasn't there for none of that. But, you know, you start feeling like, damn, like, you know, off of a camera thing. And you would think I learned my lesson, but like most of the stories I tell you, I died, you know, I ain't learned my lesson and stuff like that. But then it was a little more of the same, you know, like it's, it's hype. Like I wasn't the one that got poked, you know, so it's a different story. But, you know, like I recorded other sessions and things that I have recorded. I remember going to Florida to visit my sisters at one point, and I was like, yo, look, I got this video. And I was showing them videos of girls, the block, they were bugging. Yeah. They were like, these are my oldest sisters, respect. But um, yeah, like they were like, yo, what, what the hell is going on? Because like, again, like it's probably more customary nowadays that somebody got like a, a risque footage in their phone in their gallery. But like, here I go with tapes, and I'm like, yo, you want to see something? I'm showing them just Bronx raw living. Stuff that, like, eventually, like, look, that, that's one story, right? Here's another situation where I got trapped up. There was these two girls that I met through a neighbor. Knocks on my door. I'm on the first floor of Morris, 2676, uh, I believe it is the building. Or 276, no, 2676, corner building right over the Chinese store, over the pizza shop, jewelry store, all that, right? Kingsbridge and Morris, the corner. First floor apartment, apartment three, four bedrooms, right? So I got all the space, be chilling. You know, we, we live there, whatever, right? I remember my neighbor from upstairs. He's like, yo, you know, I met these shorties. You know, let me come to your crib real quick. My crib was cool. I didn't really have rules like that. And my room was always toward the door. So I'm like, cool. Like, it was always, it was never nothing for people to just roll through and chill, whatever. And people chill, they'll blow it down in my crib, even though I wasn't with that. But my mom was, so my mom was cool with that, too. You know, a little bicep bump here and there, my boys, whatever. My crib was for that. Like, that's that's how it was. And I had a little bar in the bedroom. Like, I, I had bought a bar, had it fully stocked. So anytime somebody went to drink, they come to the crib. I changed the floors in my room. Like, I was about that little room. I was, I was treating that bedroom like I ain't really, like, that wasn't even family there. But nonetheless, like, I remember this dude comes with these two girls, right? And 
the first day, they chilling, they cool. Second day, these girls come. I start seeing these girls' faces more often. And then my crib with, with homie from upstairs, the second floor, my homie, right? Little by little, they coming. And I remember that, like, there was one point that one of them was trying to sell me an a, a Averex jacket, a leather, right? A leather Averex, right? So I was like, it was too big for me, right? But there was a disposable camera in that. So they're here going through, like, the pockets, taking whatever was there. They threw the disposable camera to the side. Yo, I had, you know how disposable cameras are. Like, you you might have a box with a bunch of them. Yeah, some yeah, things yeah. you develop, some things you don't. So I had that there for a minute. And a lot happened with these shorties or whatever, but they were there for like a little two weeks or whatever on the block. Whatever, they had this leather they were trying to sell. They had, they had went to a party on the Grand Concourse. And at that party, they took a dude's jacket on the log, on some like, you know, I'm cold. Like, they finessed him, whatever. But these shorties are like from the area, but they're not from the like with the crew or whatever. So nobody knew who they was. And here they go in my house with a leather and I'm trying to sell me the leather. I'm like, yo, I don't fit it. Like, you know, all right, no doubt, whatever. Dope leather too. It was a blue cream sleeves Averex, right? So I'm going to dub that part of the story there to kind of fast forward to the juicy thing. I remember my little sister, Christina, she must have been about 11 or 12. I had a little paper in my pocket. I was like, you know what? I got a few rolls of stuff to develop. Let me see, you know. At this point, I don't even got an idea how old this stuff is. But I know I had it for a minute, right? So I send it. Not only do I send it, but I send it to put doubles on it too. Because, you know, when you went to photo, like, yo, we didn't have printers. You went with undeveloped film rolls. You went to a spot, CVS. And even before CVS, you had dedicated places that just did film. And they had a dark room in the back and they did what they did. But this, in this case, is CVS. She goes and she, you know, she checks it out or whatever. I get these pictures back. My sister had already seen this. But she comes to me and she has a face. So I'm like... (laughs) So now I got this envelope open... I'm pushing the negatives to the side. I'm pulling this little stack of pictures from this camera reel that was found in a leather jacket that was supposed to be sold to me but didn't fit me of these girls I was rocking out with for a couple weeks. My mom had given me a a bag of weed to sell. Like, hey, I got got a whole shopping bag of weed. You know, make some money or whatever. So I was, these girls are blowing it down in my house for free. I'm talking about like, I should have been at work. I should have been at school, whatever it was. I think it was work. I should have been places and I'm here like calling out and chilling with these girls, laying down, being a little touchy feeling, whatever, right? My sister comes back. These girls is long gone, right? My sister comes back with the row. I'm, I'm ready to see these pictures. I'm flicking through the pictures. Yo, I see my man with the same jacket on. I'm like, oh, that's my man Steve. Shorty's got my boy for his jacket, because now I got to take it back. Shorty's, it turned out, Shorty's got my man for his jacket, Try to sell it to me. I got no idea, because we don't got cell phones at the time. This is off of a disposable camera. And not only that, but the dude had dick pits on the camera too. So my sister done seen all of that. <laughs> Now I know how Steve is packing. <laughs> but I can't tell, like, yo, I felt bad because, like, it's funny because you don't know how many times I've seen him in the hood. And I wanted to tell him, like, yo, bro, I know what happened to your jacket that day. And I saw your joint. Hell, <laughs> man. Word. But, but these are, like, you know, tales from the, from, from the footage or whatever. 
right? This is just, you know, kind of like the way it goes down. And, and another, on another time, this is kind of where, this sealed it for me too, because now this drama was a little different. And I didn't get into drama, but I wanted to avoid drama. Because like, the other end of it is that like, you having a camera, you can almost become like a journalist. And your senses are so heightened because now something comes, you're now thinking for the shot. So if somebody's arguing, your instincts now, this is like, this is common for us now. Because we know if something's popping, grab your phone. Yeah. Because it's all integrated. But back then, this is me developing the... Sure enough, I'm on the corner of Morris and Kingsbridge. It's an afternoon, it's chilling, but it's, it's hot. Like We're chilling like the vibe is good on the block. I'm on the corner, everybody's chilling. I got the camera on my hand. I'm not actively recording at the moment, but it's out because this is Kingsbridge and Morris. This is probably the summertime. It's nice outside. It's shorts and t-shirt weather. Everybody's having a great time. The block was always popping. Like, you know, my videos, a lot of the videos you see from the block, it gonna be a Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday, weekday, whatever. It was always something happened. That block was always crazy. Kingsbridge and Morris, whatever. My block, my old stopping grounds, whatever. So I got this camera. I'm on the corner of Kingsbridge and Morris, and you hear all these shots. Pa, 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 pa. And they're coming from the direction of Jerome, which is one block off. It's right under the train station. This is all happening in front of the Capitol Diner. The Capitol Diner is on the corner of Jerome, right across the street from the armory, right under the elevated train, the four. Right there, the Capitol. It's a 24-hour yeah. diner. It's been there for plenty of years. This is where everybody convenes after a long night. You club and whatever, you show up. But in this case, this is not a story of us being inside the Capitol, enjoying everything about the Capitol. This is us being on a block, hearing shots, and now I'm running. Mm -hmm. I press record to catch what's happening, not realizing how much I'm going to catch. And when I show up, there's a dude on the floor, white t-shirt is blooded up, holes on him, and I'm standing over him recording him. I record a little longer, and people are, and he's still moving and all that. He's alive. The shots just happened. And it's a, only a block away on the same block. I'm not even cutting past any corners. I run straight there. I'm over him when I reach him. There's people now for the first time getting to the scene, getting to the location. I get there. I'm over his body. I'm recording him. I freak out and I bounce. I go home. I'm, re I'm, re I'm now watching the video from the camera, charging it up, reviewing it. Then I got an idea. I was like, you know what? I can call the police. And what I'll do is I'll just tell the, I'm not the police. I told myself I was going to call the news mm -hmm. and I was going to tell them, hey, you know, I got this footage of that. You're probably going to, you know, you're probably going to cover it. And I was even thinking I'm going to get a little paper. But again, going back to the contrast between now and then. Now, people recording things, you don't bat your eyes, you don't think twice because it's common that anybody at their disposal got something to record something. Back then, everyone quickly remembered, oh, the dude with long hair from that block. And then it turned out that I found out that the dudes was looking for me. Not that they was looking for me like in any aggressive way, which I can't say it wasn't like that either. I don't know because I, I freaked out. But I, I understood that that there were people looking for me because they wanted to see the video. Because in this mix, this is not that I could just share it somewhere live and tell people, oh, you could just see it here. You got to come to me to see the video because I have it physically. And off of people's 
like memory. You're remembering a dude was there. So you might already in your mind picture it bigger than what it was. Because I showed up after the fact. And now these people are trying to press other people to find me for, for footage. Because to them, they might think that there's evidence in it and all of that. I freak out. Now I'm erasing videos. I'm telling people, don't tell them, you know, keep my name out your mouth, whatever. Don't tell nobody I got footage. These are some of the grim parts that come that came along with the camera too. And I had instances of this. So there's instances of beef. There's also instances where I'm like, chill, I gotta watch it. There's also other instances where people done did, you know, got got done dirty in the hood. They got a chance to record. And if you're listening and you know that this is about you, because I don't be dropping names to name drop or whatever like that, there's a lot of dudes in the hood that I done recorded them, not in their brightest. And this is like, I've been in the hood where, you know, I don't paint myself as a hero. I have I took L's in the hood too. That's what I'm saying. But there's there's people in the hood that I got their L's on camera, and in respect for them, I never let that loose. And that's what people looking for me. You're driving through, yo, what's up with that video of this and that when you know I, I happened? And I'm like, oh, you know, throwing up an excuse out of respect for you. And these are people that you know I hope they hold me to a good regard, not even knowing that I, I protected their character 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Because I got plenty of people that people wouldn't even realize it, that I also catch L's. Whatever L's I call, you know, that people know about, whatever, I call it L on so-and-so day. I wasn't always about L's either, but, you know, I took my L's too. So this is nothing against it. You know, if you catch L, you catch L, you take your, you know, you take yours like a man. But, like, you know, I, I in recording, I caught a lot of things or whatever. And it's been, it's been, uh, it's been crazy, whatever. But what I do now... I highlight these videos to give people a sense of the times. I feel like there's been so many instances as well that I've had the blessing of having footage of people that their families now, because someone has passed on, know to come to me to ask for footage. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, there was plenty of people that when a situation occurred where someone unfortunately lost their life, people knew to reach out to Rich and say, hey, by any chance, is it possible you could look to see if you have footage of so-and-so? And there's been plenty of times that someone passes away and I show up and I got video. And I got amazing stories and amazing footages. I have footages of my own personal stories and adventures. I got things on crime. I got things that are nostalgic. I have arranged 60 years worth of footage that I hold. And I hold these things in such a, a tremendous value. It, it hurts me to have to even get rid of footage, to know that I have other footage that I just cannot find that I wish I had. Stuff that's not in my possession that I want to take control of because I know my love and respect for these moments. I know the care that I will give. And I got, I got still VCR tapes. I got other people's baby showers and milestones, people who are not related to me. Like I got so much footage that I've had and I've had, I have tons of incriminating footage. This, you don't know how many times I've posted a regular, what I thought was a clip that I can post on like a TikTok and it won't meet community guidelines. And then I have a story behind tons of pictures because like the documentation wasn't just video, like the cameraman, you know, there's forms of camera, you have video format, you have photo format, thousands of pictures thousands of pictures i've i've provided videos of people's parties family parties that they didn't have there's people who i've given them video of relatives of theirs that they've never seen 
themselves that it was through the videos I've had that they've gotten to take it or whatever. So I do take it very personally and I've taken advantage of it, but this is pretty much how I've become the cameraman. And it's crazy because in my journey, starting off seeing my parents and then becoming myself relevant amongst all these people who wanted to be a star. So the timing was great for me because this is at a time where it's not commonplace, but I had an upper hand. And here I go today, documenting these journeys, documenting these experiences, sharing with people the real life receipts of the things that we've done lived, showing people this is how it looked on the block. And you see for yourself the faces that were characters in these stories. You see for yourself the imagery, the block, because everything today is about receipts. Everything today be about like, you know, like if you can prove it or whatever like that, you know what I mean? But this is where people needed the cameraman and I feel fortunate and blessed that I was able to give this type of effort to people or whatever. And it's an effort of love. Again, the fulfillment that I get when I know that somebody doesn't even realize that I got footage of their loved ones that they've never seen. And I've captured a moment that you're never going to get back. And even on my IG, for those who are just listening to this, find, follow my IG, follow me on Kingsbridge Rich. Follow me on My Bronx Story. These stories come along with a lot of receipts and footage, guys. This is not just me just telling stories off of recollection and painting myself a hero, painting myself a main character, whatever. This is literally something that you, as you watch it, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna find something in it, or whatever. So it's pretty dope, I say. But you know, as we wrap all this up, you know, I conclude by saying that this journey through time, through technology. Uh, remember that cameras are more than just tools. You know, these are also storytellers. And from the 80s to today, every recording captures a piece of our history. And now we got technology to capture these moments and we have each other to capture these moments, the intent that we have of recording these moments, not just waste times that are just of no value. Like at our disposal, we can capture these present moments to recall on later, which is a blessing. But I say thank you for joining me on this extended ride. Stay tuned for more Bronx stories right here on the My Bronx Story Podcast. Thank you for your time. Peace.